following program may contain coarse language, suggested dialogue, and discussion of violent imagery and sexual situations. It is intended for mature listeners who can tell the difference between facts and opinions. Hi, this is Sonny Strait, the voice of Usopp from One Piece. And you are listening to the Toonami Faithful Podcast. Aren't you lucky? Hello and welcome to the Toonami Faithful Podcast. I am your host, Sketch, and with me, I have... Paul Biscrillo, the founder of TsunamiFaithful.com. And... Jen, a.k.a. Tarzana. And back with a vengeance. Caboose Jr., yeah! Because Darrell couldn't make it. Aww, I miss him. And recently escaped from the Institute... Mr. Toonami Faithful Podcast, Jim Nelson. So, Jim, how, how did you get out? I just left. It huh. uh, <laughs> doesn't sound... Okay. I just left. Sure. I mean, uh, apparently that was always an option? I guess, you know, just take the red line. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm leaving. Okay, that's always been all right. <laughs> well, the hard part about getting out of the Institute is just knowing where the hell to go. You ever see how those buildings are laid out? Uh, only based on what I have seen of people playing on Twitch, such as Mike Lazo playing just this uh, last Wednesday on Jason and Gil's show Game Humpers. There was a very special episode called Amateur Hour <laughs> with Mike Lazo and Michael Cahill. <laughs> the reason that I bring that up is because amidst all of that, there were some questions asked. Uh, one of which was, uh, if you had to cancel Mike Tyson Mysteries... Would you hide before telling Mike Tyson? <laughs> but he says Mike is actually a really nice guy. And he, he wouldn't want to cancel the show anyway. Mm-hmm. But the very relevant information was somebody asked about how Samurai Jack came back. And Michael Azzo went on to say, Gendy gave him a call while he was uh, in the middle of projects at Sony. And Sony, uh, for whatever reason, had to delay a project. So he had some time on his hands. So he calls up Mike Lazo and says, hey, you want to make more Samurai Jack? And Mike Lazo says, of course. <laughs> Apparently that was always an option. Who knew? <laughs> that was interesting. Apparently it was on the table. Uh, uh, also very interesting, he, he mentioned that he wants to put Rick and Morty and Samurai Jack on the same night. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I, <laughs> I guess this is kind of a spoiler of when to to expect Rick and Morty's next season. Because remember, at the end of Rick and Morty season two, they had uh, Mr. Poopy Butthole say that it won't be for a year and a half or more, but it sounds like it may be a lot sooner than that. Because we know Samurai Jack is coming in 2016 at some point. They're probably making reference, you know, to making fun of themselves and that, hey, you know, (laughs) it was about a year from uh, the last time, from when uh, Rick and Morty season one aired to season two. You are absolutely right. I'm sure that it was a reference. And that's kind of like maybe a joke on how long it takes for a new anything from Venture Brothers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but see, that, that also, like, <laughs> that also uh, makes us think that it probably will be like 11, 11.30. Like 11 would be Rick and Morty and then 11.30 would be Samurai Jack. 
Coming to Saturday, sometime in 2016, an hour of Family Guy at 10, followed by brand new Rick and Morty at 11, and brand new Samurai Jack at 11.30. Kicking off Toonami! I'd like to take a moment to thank Stephen Oz for notifying us through email about Mike Lazo being on the Adult Swim stream talking about Samurai Jack. Thanks a bunch, Stephen. If not for you, we may have missed that one. I mean, we don't know that for sure, but... Wait, wait, wait. Come on. It's, it, it's Samurai Tsunami now, okay? It's <laughs> <laughs> Samurai Tsunami. Why, why are you calling it Samurai Tsunami? The banner. Yeah, I don't get it. The banner. Oh, the banner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, banner with Samurai Jacks, with Samurai Shampoos. I mean, what's not to get? Oh, all, the, all the Samurai... Well, I was, I was just thinking Raise Your Flag. <laughs> Some of you would get that. But, uh, yeah, Reaper thought of the uh, Samurai Jack banner when, when they saw the Toonami flag, too. So, yeah, cool stuff. But uh, we, we should talk about that when we get to the intruder, which will be the majority of this episode, along with uh, returning champion Sonny Strait back on the podcast. Because we have plenty of reasons to talk to her. So we also have some interesting developments with uh, Toonami internationally. The Toonami network will be starting in India soon. And they put out a promo on the internet. And it, it's, it's kind of like showing off some of the shows that you can expect to see on there. And the impression that I'm getting is it's probably going to be an exact same feed as the other Toonami Asian networks. Yeah, but, um, Toonami uh, Asia and Toonami India are pretty much under the same umbrella. It's just two different... Toonamis. That's that's pretty much all it is from the gist of what I've gotten from. Uh, I think it might actually be a simulcast. Yeah, I think it. I think it plays on different channels. That's pretty much what's going on. Meaning like the same schedule on both. <clears throat> but but I I don't know. But I, that's cool. Well, and uh, if you guys are interested in seeing more about Toonami India, they do have a Facebook page. They do have a Twitter at Toonami India. Uh, they do have a YouTube, youtube.com slash, I believe it's Tsunami India. So, you know, check all that stuff out when you get a sec. Nice. Depending on the language it's in, if it's in... Uh, it's in English. I, oh, it's in English? Okay. Yeah, they, I was they have the trying, promos in English, so... I was racking my brains trying to think of, what's, is it Hindi? Is it Punjab that they speak in uh, India? I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> I wasn't sure. Time has come at last for us to discuss the final episode of Intruder 2 and see what becomes of Toonami. Intruder 2, Episode 7. When last we left Tom, he was rocketing off in an escape pod after blowing up the ship's Star Trek 3 style. Apparently, that's exactly what they were going for. So, good on you, Phantom. You called it. <laughs> He's rocketing off into space, and he actually wakes up shortly thereafter. I, we were kind of under the impression that he was incapacitated, but I guess he's just fine. He starts looking for anywhere that he can continue to broadcast Toonami. So, he's checking out other planets, other, you know, other, other areas, looking Deca through... Decommissioned looking places. Yeah, look, looking for a decommissioned place to continue broadcasting Toonami. 
And he finds a decommissioned base deep in space, a deep space base. <laughs> I know. Too easy. Not that good. He lands on the planet Shogo 162. No particular reason for the name other than naming it similar to Aliens franchise naming schemes. Or so Jason says. It seems to be an abandoned planet. And you start hearing some vaguely Borderlands-y type music. Mm -hmm. As Tom checks out this abandoned decommissioned base, he plugs in the, I don't know, drive? It's a USB. It's a USB USB drive. (laughs) He plugs in the USB drive into the computer and loads up the Absolutions OS. And lo and behold, a version of Sarah constitutes itself onto the screen. And we have our tearful reunion. Things are definitely different about Sarah. She she says that not all of her pieces were able to reconstitute, and she may be picking up some new things. Well, we still have a little problem that Tom doesn't have an arm. And Sarah fires up a... Uh, Replicator, I guess. Molecular <laughs> printer. Molecular yeah, printer. that's what it was called. So to the... speak. She puts in the plans and says, you know, it's been out of commission for a long time. So we don't really know what the results will be. He walks over. He picks up the arm. It's you know, it's it's different. It's more robotic, I would say, than uh, his other arm. And yeah, it fits. He puts it on, and uh, back to business as usual. They gotta keep doing the tsunami thing. So Tom kicks back in his chair and says, "I still love this job." I guess we, me and Caboose, can kind of start this off because. Me and Caboose were actually talking about this, and we find this reminiscent of Tom Four's place, kind of. And mm, not and really. It is, well, well, well. It think, think about this. Think about this. What, what we were thinking was, and and add in your thoughts here, Caboose, if you want. But we were thinking kind of like if this was this was kind of, and I am gonna have to ask Jason at some point, but you know. Maybe this was how Jason maybe envisioned Tom Four coming to be. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Um, I mean, like, it's not the same planet as Tom Four's. Right. We don't know what that planet was called, but you know, this is—it's completely different. Um, but like, it—it it definitely has a, I guess, a Star Wars vibe. Yep. like his new the new base i mean jason commented yeah it definitely shares some uh the same aesthetics as something you would see in the sci-fi and star wars and whatnot and if i may interject go for it um this is kind of what i was thinking it was kind of kind of like the end of alien resurrection except intruder 2 didn't suck like alien resurrection did <laughs> because here's the thing um you know he escapes a ship that was that was um self-destructing from a entity that was very similar to the alien in a way in terms of you know in space no one can hear you scream you know (laughs) stuff like that um that was just the vibe i got very alien-like, right down to the uh, naming conventions on the planet. Right. Well, and, you know, we also now we have this printer, and 
I mean, don't get me wrong. Yes, we needed to have something so that way Tom could get a new arm. But now there's just opens up people like, hey, hey, Tom, start printing more of them statues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He just prints oh, up no, film no, reel I... for the. Uh, he does, he broadcasts and he just prints up film reel oh, for uh, all the shows. <laughs> I mean, that's it's a possibility. One way to do it. Why not? Well, hey, you know I Jose mean, likes film. <laughs> I mean, I mean, this kind of goes to the thought that maybe we might see like you know Clyde's at some point. Uh huh. Eh, maybe. Make some parts. I mean, he's got a 3D printer. I mean, he can, you know, slowly construct his own absolution piece by piece. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. That would be. And awesome. just have you know, or just make you know some glides, and they can do it while he's running the show. Who knows? He's got to have something it's, else to do the other yeah. six days of the week. Well, I mean, he can always just 3D print himself some video game consoles so he can do reviews <laughs> and whatnot. Or there's we could a lot of room in there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there's definitely a lot of room. But we could get some. Uh, we could get a Sarah, Sarah mm. body. Just putting that out there. Physical Sarah, that'd be nice. Well, I, I suppose there's really no known limitation to what that can do. But I, you have to have something to make it out of. And I, I imagine that they'll run out of resources eventually. Well, and, and also, like, I feel as if this station maybe needs to have more people help Tom run this. You know what I mean? Like, because there's more controls than what the Absolution had, so. That's true. That's quite the instrument panel. But uh, I, th- I think I think Tom, he's a robot. <laughs> he can multitask. Think like the um, yeah, he can. Think like the robots, Sarah. the really really fast typing robots and Ghost in the Shell. <laughs> like the fingers became fingers became fingers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those. Oh man. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if they had the budget, I I wouldn't mind seeing like Sarah, Flash, and D in the the same room as Tom. Well, I know that's not gonna happen, but I mean that yeah, would, that would be interesting. Pretty sure. You couldn't call him Flash, Flash though. D Flash is obsolete. You have to dead. call him HTML5. <laughs> you get out of here right now, sir. <laughs> that was good. I'll allow it. <laughs> so nice, nice. Well, what's D then? Is he an E drive now? I don't know. D two D three point oh. I don't know. <laughs> nah, what a... I, I just still like he's three D. Going, <laughs> going back to like episode six. And, well, actually, I would say the whole intruder. Like, when you're seeing Tom and Tom Intruder. By the way, Sketch, he started calling... Uh, t- t- I know! <laughs> Jason. That moment when the term that you come up with becomes the colloquialism. You must be so proud of yourself. I'm as, <laughs> I'm, I'm as proud as whoever came up with the term feels. <laughs> but see, there again, you know... I don't. We don't. Still don't know if Tom Four was was like actually. No, no. He melted his freaking face off. We, we don't... <laughs> I don't think anything can survive a warp core breach like that. Well, no. No, he's talking about Tom Four, not. No, I'm talking oh, okay. about how Tom Four was actually because Shooter. you know if you look at the storyboards and for those of you that haven't seen some of these storyboards, you know they're out there on the internet. You can find them very quickly. Um. Tom one was actually in the storyboard. It was actually Tom one. It wasn't what we saw. 
So, you know, I, it's always interesting for me to be like, and I, and I probably will ask him this question, like, is, is this like not just Tom one? Is this Tom four too? Maybe flash and D, you know, we don't know what happened to flash and D. Right. It's only been said that, that Tom four kicked the bucket off screen and his planet's gone. Well, not his planet, but the place that he had. The, the place got wrecked up. His yeah, his pad got wrecked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But for, I mean, still, sure. I mean, if Tom Four's dead, we have to assume like the worst for Flash and D because they're 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 team. They're a team. They that's, that's they're most true. likely dead. I, I have a glimmer of hope. I don't expect to ever see them again. If that's what new, no, no, <laughs> because we right. ain't gonna get Tom Kenny back. <laughs> Fine, we we gotta we gotta uh, feed that guy that I can't mention his name. We gotta feed him something now that Tom Ford's dead. Yo, boy, Tom. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I mean, it's an amusing account sometimes. I mean, I mean, they could just be offline somewhere. That that could be what it is too. Uh, oh. They are robots. Robots. I don't know. Robots. Who knows? But. You know they're they're never gonna. I mean they're done with intruder. I mean yeah, that's it. It's it's yeah. done. You they're said not it's done. No more. They're intruder. not gonna touch. They're not gonna touch it ever again. Which is interesting because he anymore. said he said Jason said that this was one version of many intruders, and I'm just like, okay, so you ended this, but then you said that there's many. There's different versions of the intruder out there. No, no, no. He said there's different aspects to the intruder. Hmm, okay. So this is the only intruder then, or...? Unless the intruder I mean, was created in a that. lab someplace or whatever. Sure, but it's, it's you know, it, it has... Well, that's what he's... Other. Yeah, I think that's what he's going for, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. So. But anyway, the intruder that wants to kill Tom is definitely... Yes. Out, out of commission. Yeah, that... Tom Truder is dead. So. He went boom. <laughs> Bye-bye, Tom Truder. So, so as for this... So as for intruder all together, I would say that this was just phenomenal. Yeah, I'm, absolutely. I mean, I mean, yeah, I would love to have seen a lot more stuff, but again, as we all know, it's called a budget. <laughs> it have a higher budget, so just let it be what it is, you know? It, it is what it is. It came out good. came out excellent, actually, I would say. came mm. out a lot better than the first one. I mean, if you care, compare it to the first one, they did so much more in this right. one. Mm-hmm. That's so much more. There, there was more action. Oh, there yeah. was more the story. Was there was so more much. everything. More swearing. <laughs> well, I mean, not swearing, but you know, Tom basically was able to say asshole. And I mean, there was there was tension. There was drama. There was death. There was explosions. There was nukes. There were there was. Everything. I would, I would love to see what, and I, we probably never will, but it, it would be nice to see what footage they actually cut out, because apparently they had, they had one version of this already, and then they made changes to it, because that's what that's what Steve Bloom said when we interviewed him and Logic at New York Comic Con. So they they made some changes, and I would love to know what kind of footage they have. We probably will never get that opportunity, but who knows. Maybe we'll get to see some behind the scenes, more behind I mean, the scenes stuff. You know? Do you think it's like actual footage, or maybe just like you know storyboards? I mean, I, I don't know. It's it's. I don't like maybe they cut some things, but I, mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I personally don't think they would have like, 
you know, I think they would have, like, wanted to make sure the actual, you know, story is actually concrete before right. they even begin, like, worrying about, like, what footage, like, the all the CG and whatnot. Well, I'm talking about, done. like, they, they had the story, they had it all complete, and then... You know, they they animated it to what it was, and then they they did make some edits to it to put it in the allowed time that they had. So, you know, I would like to see what those edits were. You know what I mean? Like, what did they cut out exactly from that? Well, I mean, I know for for one thing, they cut out the the Darth Vader palm scream. Yeah. Because that was that was definitely in the storyboards. No. And, you know, they cut that out. But you know, you we might see some of this footage in the the you know, they're yeah. super cut. Yeah. So, hopefully, hopefully. Who knows? I mean, I, for one, did not care for the abrupt fade-out at the final episode of it. I mean, if you listen to the actual soundtrack composed by Brent Busby, uh, like, the, the music track actually continues on. So, hmm. not sure what, the, what they cut. I- I thought Brent's uh, soundtrack for this was actually really good. Oh, it's yeah. fantastic. Well, absolutely. And you can download it at Toonami.com. For free. Ooh. Yeah, good stuff. And you can download updated Toonami app, which features all of the uh, recent changes. And Toonami.com got a facelift, too. So Speaking of recent changes, so um, many new. how about those bumps? <laughs> yeah, I like they're them. Pretty. Yeah, they're very pretty. They... they, they I'm thinking some of that came out of the intruder budget. I'm just well, just saying. Yeah, well, yeah. I I don't think it's that costly to make the bumpers. I mean, I will say this: this look and intruder. I'm pretty sure this is exactly what they wanted for. This is what the transition between Tom Three and Tom Four should have been like. Yeah. Instead of you know just being like, oh hey, it's Tom Four. Oh oh, he's got a face. Ah. Scary. <laughs> this is really scary too. Uh, what is this place? I'm lost. Help! I'm more lost right. than John Travolta. <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying. Like that's what I when when me and you were talking the other night, Caboose. Like that's exactly what the thought process was. You know, this probably. You know, I'm not saying this for definite, and Jason will be able to answer this at some point. But you know, uh, hopefully, you know, maybe this was what. Jason was thinking all along in his mind for the transition from three to four, so... Yeah. I'd like to hope so. But then Sean Akins is all like, no, man, we gotta... <laughs> we gotta appeal to the kids nowadays. <laughs> and he no longer... <sighs> now all he does is just golf. <laughs> yeah, not a bad one to have, but... <laughs> Though that's still an interview I would not mind getting. Yeah, that'd be yeah I, like, I like the look. I, I feel like it is... Finally, to the point where it's it's simple, but it has personality. Yeah. The previous looks that they've had for this tsunami after they stopped using the 2004 stuff is just boring. Well, <laughs> well, which one are you wait, talking? Wait, wait. I'm wait, talking wait. about both of them. Like, really? Yeah. You didn't, you didn't like the PS2 graphics era? <laughs> I mean, I liked I honestly like. Because we obviously use that for our stuff. The, the blue the one was, was okay. Oh, I liked the blue one. I, I, I like the, the font. I enjoyed it. I had fun. Yeah. Just kind of making that stuff. Yeah. I, I thought that no, one. Oh no! But the one after that was just 
I never liked that one. Yeah, I never yeah, liked the circles. The, I mean, yeah, no, it's never a fan of those. I mean, like when they have stuff like the bar at the bottom of the screen and then the show going, it looked fine. But just the circle stuff with the logos is just right. It, yeah, it was boring. Yeah, I didn't really. Like it had no theme to it. Really, it was just. Just, it didn't feel like space. No, no, it didn't. Didn't feel and this. This look, futuristic which is technology. Um, interestingly enough, very bright. Yes, it, it feels a lot more. I like the space-y. natural light. That's yeah, what I'm it, saying. I love the natural light. It definitely feels like you're on a planet, like a moon base or something like right. that. Like this is definitely something realistic. Mm-hmm. This is a realistic style that they nailed and i'm probably gonna hate myself for even trying to remake these new ones <laughs> i see many I nights of work fun. <laughs> i will have fun say useless <laughs> but you know what hey next week we get to see an intro yeah, yes, we do. And I am intro. very, very excited about this because if it is the long intro that Jason said that possibly could happen, I will be very ecstatic. You know. Yeah. Tom <laughs> actually has some corridors to walk down now. Exactly. And you know what would be really funny? What would be really like? I, I don't. Well, yeah, it would be kind of funny actually. Is if like, and it's probably not going to happen, but like for all of a sudden now we have Clyde's again. <laughs> I was actually thinking what you do is you kind of make it similar to a um, Moltar intro because it does kind of look like Moltar's uh, um, yeah, thing. People, in the first, people in, were uh, saying that, but it's yeah. vaguely reminiscent. Yes. Yeah. Vaguely reminiscent of it. And because, right. I mean, Toonami knows their audience like that. So mm-hmm. why not have like a remix of the original Toonami uh, opening bump music and just have Tom doing stuff and then uh, starting the show? Yeah. That'd be cool. I'm uh, I'm hoping to see something pre- pretty neat. I'm sure it's going to be more than a short conversation. Though I noticed in the bumpers that we not much Sarah. Mm-hmm. No, and, I, and I'm sure that we we'll probably yeah. she's still building herself. Right, and, and I get the impression that they didn't have Dana record more than just what Sarah had for that intruder uh-huh. segment mm. because right. they were trying to keep her in the dark too. I mean, did they? I'm not entirely sure, but did they even have Sarah, like, do any dialogue for any of the marathons? No. Mm. I don't think so. This is the first marathon that really had much in the way of dialogue. Right. Right. I so, think, well, and, and Jason did say that slowly but surely we're going to start to see more animation, animation trickle in. So of course. I mean, I mean, that's with any, any you know, brand new repackaging of... They don't well, want to use it all right away. No, 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 no. Trickle that in there, because they're supposed to be at this base for quite some time. Yeah, probably at least a year, I would say. Yeah. And you're probably going to have... You'll probably see Tom change after that. It'll be three years after that point, and usually starting around that time is when we start to see a change, you know? So, but you know, hey, I don't mind. I, I like Tom Five. I think Tom mm-hmm. Five is great. And after this, after this immersion event, like I'm just sitting there going, I want to see more badass Tom. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I mean, okay. So it's for your health. 
So the reason he was created was probably to be combat ready. That's what I assume now. And also, he has a built-in jetpack. That that just amazes me. I'm just like, yes. <laughs> or Tom Five flying around with a jetpack. Yes, please. I mean, it still makes me upset that, you know, even though Tom 3 was all bulky and badass looking, I mean, he, he didn't do nothing. He was a lazy bum. That he was a lazy bum, me. but he, he, he did defeat Ocelot Rex. That is true. I completely forgot about Endgame. Well, but... That's the whole reason that he was built up that way. Right. Yeah. So, and you gotta, you gotta understand, like, Tom, we assume that Tom 5 is Tom 3.5, which was yeah. Tom 3, so. I feel like they sent him still down for that reason, that it seemed kind of ridiculous that he was all <laughs> beefy. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, hopefully we'll get answers to that, too. That would be, that's something that we're definitely gonna have to do. We're gonna have to ask them about that as well, so. We'll see. Hmm. Another comic. More comics. more comics. More comics. More comics. Yeah, give Joe more work. There certainly won't be any more Tom 5 comics, that's for sure. Uh-huh. <laughs> you mean Tom 4 comics? Tom 4 comics, yes. Yeah. Oh, I don't know about that. We didn't get to see how the intruder killed them all. That is true, but, I mean, it'd be kind of... It's still a kick in the nuts to everyone who was, like thinking, yeah, I like Tom 4 nowadays. Oh, they killed him off. Great. <laughs> I mean, they make him look really badass in the comic, but then it's just like, nope. You think people but, were actually concerned that Tom 5 was going to die too and the tsunami would be just without yeah. a host? Like, you kidding me? Come on. I wasn't concerned about that. What I was, I was kind of wondering if maybe... Like, Jason would take this in a whole different direction, and we would see something different. Which, I mean, we do kind of see something somewhat different. I mean, I was... We were kind of expecting either a station or a ship. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to Sketch's credit, we got... Yeah, a, I was pretty, pretty well thinking that he'd end up on a planet. Right. And, you know, we were all right. Sarah was not going to die. We knew that. We, I mean, come on. It's, it's it'd be boring if it was just Tom right. sitting by his lonesome watching cartoons. And you know, I I do think that Sarah will kind of be normal at some point, but I think what it's going to be is you're going to gradually see her. And it, just to what we were just saying too, Caboose, like I think it'll get reflected in the bumps too, like you'll gradually see her in more bumps and more stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, as she gets more constituted as as the Sarah that she is now. Do we count her as Sarah 4, or do we count her still as the same Sarah? I mean, I, I it's yes. Dana, confusing Dana, with Sarah. Yeah, Dana, Dana kind of said save, yeah, that, that's what I was yeah. going to say. Yeah, she did kind of say Sarah 4, so I'm like, I don't know, do we count this as Sarah 4? Because technically... It's, this, it's just Sarah. It's, yeah, she doesn't look really much different, but... Same with Tom, but I mean, he's got a new arm. I mean, are we gonna call Tom Five, Tom Five Point Five, or Five Point One? It's just Tom Five with another. Just Tom Five, yeah. I like what he said though. It's not perfect, but it'll do until perfect gets here. I feel like that could be the overall statement of Toonami. Yeah, I'm kind of hoping. I'm I'm hoping that this, you know, leads into bigger and better things, and also, you know, that their budget is bigger because you know. We want a bigger budget to get more shows. But, Paul, obviously their budget's not any bigger. They spent it all on Samurai Jack and could only get Samurai Champloo. <laughs> Idiots! On the internet. Gosh! 
Yes. Yep. Yeah. Though it does kind of concern me, and I think it concerns you too, Sketch, when Jason says, oh, well, we had to get a show at the last minute. What? What? Wait, huh? What do you mean you got it the last minute? It's like, huh? All right, as an aside, the thought has occurred to me, they probably, and I can't take full credit for this, I forget exactly who mentioned it on the dreaded place of the Adult Swim message board, but uh, they probably actually got Champloo with the tail end of the 2015 budget. Mm, probably. Which, as we can only assume, is pretty much sapped. But there again, <laughs> I mean... And you're going to have to help me here, because I, I haven't watched it on Netflix, but is is this version that we're getting is going to be uncut, and it's going to be in HD. I think that's different than anything that's come out of it so far, but I, I can't be sure of that. I don't know. Netflix is kind of weird with what yeah. is available in HD and what's not. I just, Same with Hulu. I, I just, again, and we won't go into this, because we, we kind of already talked about this, but I just, I, if this show... Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I kind of see the show getting moved back somewhere, and I see Ship It and One Piece getting moved up, which is a good thing, mind you. Don't, don't. Yeah, I don't. Want to that. You know, I think it it all has to do with performance, and honestly, I would rather have <laughs> Champlu air ahead of Ship It and Filler. Oh, that's true. That's yes. true. I keep forgetting about filler. I, I, I... And for the entirety that's Sam, pretty much the, the entirety. Yeah. Filler the anime. Filler the anime. <laughs> it's, it's getting ridiculous at this point. They're still doing filler in Japan. The freaking story ended, and they're still doing filler in Japan. All right, tirade over. <laughs> pretty much the entire time that Chamblu will be on Toonami this run, Shippuden will be in filler. It will be... Uh, U.S. cable premieres, but they will be filler. So I honestly, I don't care if Naruto moves up yet or not. Not not that I necessarily care in general at this point, because uh, it gets good eventually, I swear. <laughs> but One Piece, it's going to be in filler for about nine more weeks. So certainly be nice if you like Before One we get Piece the champ blue swap, but I, I don't think they're going to do that. Right. Thriller Bark's next for uh, One Piece, right? Yeah, Thriller Bark's next after this current arc that they just started. And then we get Brooke. And then, hopefully, One Piece <laughs> Film Z. You mean Mr. Skeleton that shows up in the opening? <laughs> <laughs> that is a really poorly cut opening. Actually, not uh, One like Piece. Like, suddenly a skeleton in your world. face! Strong World, I was thinking. Too spoopy. <laughs> well, you know, we hopefully we can get some of these movies... Brought, ah. it, but I, I don't. You know, I honestly like. I don't think we're gonna see. We're not gonna see probably a month of movies. Probably what we will see is like special occasion movies. Like, for example, Toonami's bir birthday, March seventeenth. We may see, uh, you know, around that day. Like, we may see like. Obviously, March seventeenth doesn't always. Can we not talk about movies for once. Well, I, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying this real quick. You know, seriously. I know, I know. You're just, but I know. Once marathons, then they'll finally be able to play Strong World and not have people be like, "Who's that character?" Exactly. And they should because it's a good movie. And by then, it'll have been out for quite a while, so I'm sure it'll be reasonably affordable. <laughs> and, and, and I'm sure that's one of the things that Toonami's waiting on doing is to wait for you know One Piece to catch up to this because then they do have the ability to get those kinds of movies. So. There you go. 
Anyway, we have quite a few talkbacks, so we should start getting on those. Yes. At Jeff Hera 11 writes in, New planet, Sarah's back, a new left arm for Tom, a new Toonami broadcast, a new era of Toonami has begun. And as they said, Toonami will never be the same again. I feel like that was maybe an example. I feel like, yeah, that was a little bit hyped too <laughs> much. I feel it's... like that too, yeah. This is the but, first time they've ever been marooned on a planet. So that is different. That that's yeah. that is different. They've been on a planet before. They've been marooned before, but they've never been marooned on a planet. And I shouldn't say they've been marooned before. They were stuck at that one place where the ship was getting repaired. That's that's as close as we've gotten to them being stuck somewhere. I don't know. I don't know. But they're not like Tom Four and all of them, they were not marooned. They clearly were able to leave eventually. <laughs> Just like I did. This time, it's cool because it feels like, you know, Toonami's out marooned on a deserted planet (laughs) broadcasting their pirated signal. (laughs) Not pirated. It's not pirated. Let's stress it's not pirated. (laughs) I sure hope Tom can find himself maybe a space motorcycle. Ooh, well, I I guess he could make one. He could. If he has parts. Or you could make a Land Rover vehicle. I mean, literally, it's, you know, we could probably see some Mad Max references. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who knows if this planet is totally deserted? And, like I said, like, we, we could see some kind of vehicle, so. Mm-hmm. Matthew Cole Morgan writes in, I'm going to miss Tom gallivanting in space, but I'm oddly okay with him ending up on a planet. Curious for the future of Toonami. Hmm. Well, there's no uh, screaming suns uh, for Tommy. Tom, so. Yeah. So, uh, and also the uh, the planet is not corn on a cob. <laughs> no, it isn't. The planet is not on a cob. So, and it seems to be bigger than just a couple meters. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, but I'm, there doesn't seem to be much in the way of uh, other life forms, as far as we know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm interested to see what shows we get. That's what I'm the most interested in. Well. Obviously, I got it. Rick and but Morty don't you know, Paul? Those. The packaging is very important. <laughs> got it. Yes. Rick and Morty hijacks tsunami as an April Fool's joke. That would be awesome. Oh, oh my gosh, Morty, Morty, you killed Tom. Morty, you killed the <laughs> oh beloved icon. <laughs> I don't think too many people would take Tom being killed lightly. No. <laughs> no. Would they? Would they well, be like it? Three D animated Rick and Morty, or would it be like two D in the three D world? Hmm. Thoughts. Or maybe. Or maybe. I bet we could get Steve Yuriko to draw that. Or maybe. Maybe <laughs> I got a better idea. Better idea. Rick somehow takes over the absolution, and then yes, it is animated, but you see the animated through the screen. Let's see. He takes okay. over which absolution? Absolution. Oh, not the absolution. That's right. The, no this, absolution. This base. God, I gotta get used to this base. <laughs> <laughs> the deep space. I've been so I've been so used to the absolution these last few years that it looked like. Yeah, but more. About Can we literally just call this this new base the deep space base? Now I want that to be canon, like now, because yeah. that is just. Ugh, how about how about deep space huge... nine? No. <laughs> no. No. No, no, that name's taken. I don't want to get to. Yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, excuse me, Turner. Uh, Paramount wants to talk. <laughs> Pretty sure it's Paramount owns Star mm-hmm. 
Star Trek. Yeah. Well, we could go a step further, and then Tom's like, and is now piloting a Defiant class ship. Mm. Flash Zero writes in, I love the solitude of Tom and Sarah being able to broadcast action cartoons from their own personal planet. Thy intruder taketh away, thy intruder unknowingly giveth. I can't wait to see where Toonami will go next. Same here. Benjamin Padjohn writes in, So Frank was right, no Moltar. Dream crush, but hey, sick new bunker broadcast station. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Austin Guest writes in, Rip in pieces, Tom Truder. Only if Durrell was here to do the whole, <laughs> what is it, with his harmonica? It's called Taps, dude. Taps, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a little He's tired. He's been doing that for how long? You still don't know what it's called? I'm tired, okay? Eh, excuses, excuses. At SJZ Weber writes in, So, the fans don't get to vote on which arm... While it's being panned by the camera for 10 minutes? No. <laughs> no more voting. No. Jason has made it clear. They're not They're not doing anything with votes. Oh, wait. Mostly because he Maybe knows what will happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. It'll be something stupid, probably. <laughs> probably. Oh, look, we want the deformed arm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we want the extra, extra big one. <laughs> we want for the reasons. Popeye arm. <laughs> yeah. Wait. Okay. Wait, I just thought of this. We could use the printer to make the exosuit finally. Yes. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, that's where the exosuit will come from. Eh? Eh? All right. Yes. Lord Terminal writes in, here's hoping Tom's new arm has a built-in panini maker. Oh. <laughs> Tom doesn't really eat. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I guess if people visit, it's like, hey, you want a panini? Stick it in my arm. <laughs> It's Tom's arm that. needs to be bigger. It needs to have a George Foreman grill. <laughs> and by that, I mean it needs to be a PlayStation 3. You know, I, I wonder if Tom has to contact, can still contact those um, creatures that made the Absolution, would be Absolution 2. Uh, well, he obviously can communicate to us, so I, I imagine he could communicate to others, but I don't. Use the molecular printer to create a universal translator. <laughs> sure, sure, why not? Well, you have to have the plans for such things, and I don't think he has that. But maybe. This poor drone mix. <laughs> At Eve's Kelsey writes in: Is the planet Tom landed on the same one as the original Toonami broadcasted from, or Tom Four's old base? And the answer to both is no. No. It is Shogo 162. It is not either of those planets. The thought occurred to me recently that we, we never got the names for the Tom 4 planet, nor the planet that the... Uh, the first planet is Ghost in, Ghost ghost Planet. Right. On ghost, it's Ghost Planet Industries on Ghost Planet, where also Space Ghost is recorded. <laughs> or was. I miss Space Ghost. Well, I don't think they're really worried about like the the canon with Maltar. I mean, they yeah, said the can. I you they know. specifically said that the canon with Tsunami starts with Started the with first Tom. intruder. Yeah, I know, but I like to include Maltar in it I because know. Other, otherwise the Aqua Teen Hunger Force is not in the same continuity. <laughs> exactly. I know. It's, it's very important. It's very important. Yeah, I would. I would love to know what planet 
what the name of the planet was for Tom Four, because then that would have been like, okay, maybe we should just name the base after that. Yeah, did they name the planet in the comic? I feel like they did. Oh. It wasn't. It wasn't that planet, but I think they named whatever planet that was. Uh, I mean, the maybe? base that they were at was called Flowis Three. I think. No idea I think where they got the name, name of the planet. From. I think that was the name of the planet, not the name of the base. So Flowis Three. So you know, vaguely spacey term followed by numbers. Got it. That's you know that's the naming convention. <laughs> Freezer Planet One Nine Six. Yes. Okay then. Because there was a Dragon Ball Z Kai marathon. Yes. All right, moving good, on. Good, good times there. No, but what I wanted to make note of is in the two thousand four bumpers, they had the Clydes going down to that one planet. Oh yeah, it was kind of dark and red and. Yeah, that's apparently not that there. planet, but I also was thinking maybe they were terraforming that planet, and that's how we got that luscious greenery in the Tom <sighs> 4 era. <sighs> but that's probably not the case. I'm just overthinking it. Yes, you're overthinking right now. <laughs> Wishful thinking, but that sounds nice. I mean, I you know, it sounds cool. Like, I think it does. That, that would be a logical reason for that. Because what were they doing down there? <laughs> like drilling into the ground and doing things. They were getting resources and the things with the footage and yeah, materials. So now there's like what? So there's Ghost Planet, there's that planet, there's the other planet, and there's Shogo 162. So that's four planets in this continuity. Yeah, that we know of. Right. And there's also that other planet that was in the Intruder 2 that I don't believe is Shogo 162. The one over by the... But maybe! Actually, that's that's a question to ask. Wouldn't that have been convenient? But I think he had to fly a little further away than that planet. Possibly. I don't know. Yeah. More talkback. This, from Arthur Mesa. I feel like Toonami is back to the old Moltar days with the new station on a planet. Rest in peace, Absolution. Taps Darrell, please. Sorry, he's not here. Jason said that there is no name for the base, and we get to name it. Any names you guys have? Deep Space Base. Deep Space Base. Deep Space Base. Make it happen. Deep Space 10. Stop. (laughs) Don't want to get sued by Paramount. Well, that wouldn't... I don't think that would get... I don't know. Fine, I'm going to name it Enterprise if we're going to go that far. (laughs) Please don't. So yeah, any any other ideas to throw out there? I mean, you could you could make it Absolution Station. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Resolution. Resolution. Revolution. Resolution. Deep Space Base Revolution. <laughs> that sounds like DDR, doesn't it? That it sounds, sounds like a, it sounds like a CD. Yeah. <laughs> From a corny uh-huh. '90s band, maybe. Now, Phantom Star 64 asks the question we all want the answer to. With this new base, does that mean a new game room? I know it's an obvious question, but I had to get it out of the way. Oh, yeah, as, as soon as they, you know, promote another Microsoft thing. Mm. <laughs> they got that money. Or Disney. <laughs> or Disney, yeah. Yeah, one, one or the other, or somebody else who wants to throw lots of money. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's a shame that Tom just loves to throw away Microsoft's money like that. I mean, he lost his Xbox, he lost his room, he loses everything. Yeah. And, uh, how's he, he's, have to replicate a game console to be able to do game reviews again? Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say that. <laughs> Maybe wow. he'll just start doing PC reviews, because it's easier. Hey, he, he, he's probably gonna have a... Oh, media. I wish. He'll probably have some kind of media room, so... Yeah. Oh, lots of room in that base, so... Looking forward to seeing what some of the other rooms look like. We have an email from Artorelia. Great conclusion, I gotta say. I had thoughts and visions that we would land on a desert planet, and he would build a new place for Toonami. And new bumps, but we probably all knew that. My predictions were correct this time. It was a fun ride, and now we're going back to Tom Forrest type of style on a planet. Can't wait to see the new bumps for the other shows and onward in 2016. Peace. Yes, but this time we'll actually have music. I know. Uh, and some yeah. better personality. And, and hopefully a longer intro. Yes. Hopefully. Inusan87 writes in, Sarah is back and Tom has a new arm. Hopefully they get a ship sooner than later. Sorry, Paul. No exosuit. Uh, replicate one, damn it. <laughs> similarly... At the Iron-Blooded Hero, Derek writes in, Ha ha! Prosciutto doesn't get his exosuit. Intruder 2 was amazing to see. Sarah's staying as well. Yes, I'm going to enjoy seeing the text for Parasite in those sweet new graphics for 2016. I'm sure you're not the only one. So. Dang, people really yeah. <laughs> making yeah, fun I'll of you for no exosuit. I want my exosuit. What's <laughs> his exosuit? But no exosuit for you! Uh... Oh, yeah. I'm going to make one, damn it. All right. <laughs> and then I'm going to cosplay as it. It's finally over. It is. All that, all all those years of waiting, all the work they went into it, and now it's finally over. It's a somber moment. Rest in peace, Absolution. He blew it up. <laughs> Tom was just like you. <laughs> Screw screw the absolution. Screw his ship. It's done. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> oh, 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 you want my ship? You want my ship? Well, now it's exploded. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we can't have nice things. Yeah, because Tom keeps blowing them up. And by the way, the, the, the plan all along apparently was to blow up the absolution. So in case anybody was like, oh, they must have changed their plans. No, 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 no. That was the plan all along. Yeah, they wanted to blow it up. Star Trek 3 style. Yep. Go figure. Definitely happy to actually see an absolution blow up in CG and not just in a comic. Yeah, oh yeah. Because when you're reading it in, in the comic, it, it all just kind of happens so fast and you don't really get to you know, drink it in. Yeah. Even though you keep looking at the same picture for forever, you don't get to see it in motion. It's just kind of one second is there, the next second it's... Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that was nice. That's good. And now that we have thoroughly discussed the final episode of Intruder 2, and we will continue to discuss how Toonami looks in future episodes, because, you know, this is what Toonami looks like now, and we're right. very excited. It is time for our second long-awaited interview with Sunny Straits. This is your old pal, The Intruder, and I am taking over the Toonami Faithful Podcast. Enjoy, kiddies. <laughs> Ha <laughs> <laughs>
Hello and welcome back to the Toonami Faithful Podcast. I am your host, Sketch, and with me I have my co-host, Paul Pascrillo. Hello. And we are delighted to have on the show the myth, the legend, Sonny Strait. Kamehameha, bitches. Oh, Krillin's here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Krillin's here. Sonny couldn't make it. He works above scale. <laughs> Wait, I, I thought you worked on the... How you guys doing? <laughs> Thanks for having me here, man. Oh, absolutely. Good. We're really glad that we were able to make this happen. Yeah, me too. So I think the, the first question that we should ask is, how did you get involved with Intruder 2? Uh, Intruder 2, they just uh, wrote me and asked if I would want to be a part of it. And I said, is that a trick question? Of course I'd like to be a part of it. <laughs> And uh, and it's such a cool thing, the way they set it up, too. I, I had no idea what they wanted me to do, but they had asked me back in, I think, May. And since they had me sign a very long non-disclosure agreement about it, uh, they were originally going to, to record me in June, but it kept getting postponed and postponed and postponed. And so I had to sit on the biggest secret of my career for the longest time. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, they managed to keep that under wraps that entire time. It's rather impressive considering the internet at this point. Yeah, well, really, it was all up to me. If I, if I could yeah. keep my mouth shut, then it would work. Because <laughs> over here on this podcast, we were like, I bet they're going to get Sonny Straight back for something. But we had no way of proving that. <laughs> yeah, it was something a lot of people were hoping for and had written about and said that their hopes, which I think helped it happen. You know, because if enough fans, well, that's what got Toonami back on the air is all the fans, you know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, for a while, it did not seem like Toonami was ever coming back, but the fans demanded it. And so they said, okay. And I think it had a lot to do with getting me back as well. As a lot of people said, I want to see Sonny come back. So that was cool. Uh, It warms the cockles of the heart or something. (laughs) My cockles are warm. (laughs) Excellent. Gotta love the internet. <sighs> yeah. yeah. We've come so far, and yet there's still so much farther to go. <laughs> yeah. We're not in the future yet. That actually brings up the question, uh, what was the recording process like for doing Intruder 2? Um, well, they sent me a video beforehand so I could get familiar with it and, uh, and the script. And I went over to actually Chris Sabat's studio in um, Dallas. He has a studio called Okatron 5000. Mm-hmm. And they set it up on Skype. And uh, I think there was a bit of delay then too. But I was, I was in Dallas and they were in uh, Georgia. And um, they directed me that way. And it was, it was really fun. It was a blast. Uh, first of all, it was a blast because I – I've never even met Steve Bloom. You know, we've never been to the same convention, you know, mm-hmm. but, uh, and so the first time I, I actually get to converse with him, it's on the screen. Yeah. And I'm trying to destroy him. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is really crazy because you would think that like, especially like Momocon where like Toonami usually goes for like our unofficial, like Toonami con kind of thing. Like you would think yeah. that they would be like, "Hey, maybe we should have Sunny here too." 
Never happened. I think they I think they were trying to forget that ever happened. That's <laughs> the dark period of tsunami. <laughs> uh, Some would say that was the golden era of tsunami, but you know. <laughs> yeah, the, the the people who were thirteen at the time do believe that that was the golden era. You know, those are the people that were skipping their last class at school so they could get home at three o'clock to watch uh, tsunami. Oh man, sunny. It's a wonderful time. Sonny, there was something called Tom Four, okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> there was? <laughs> yes, we, a lot of us try to forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe that was the dark era. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seemingly the part where they had the least control of what they did and just kind of had to make the packaging seems like the darkest era of Toonami. Yes. But, uh, yeah, I really loved playing Toonami Tom back in the day, though. It was uh, it was so cool to have the nation's ear, you know, and, they, and at that time, uh, Tom gave all these speeches about integrity and courage and things like that. So it was cool. It was like, you know, sending off positive messages. Yeah. And then you come back as a, a murderous creature. <laughs> well, that's the hardest lesson of all, children. <laughs> we are all doomed at the end, kids. <laughs> well, I feel you know, the appropriate quote is something about uh, you either die the hero or live long enough to become the villain. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have lived long enough. <laughs> I am now the villain. <laughs> So did your excitement level for this project grow even greater when you realized that you got to play the bad guy? Oh, yeah. Because at first I thought when they said they wanted me to come back for something, I thought, oh, they're just going to put all the Toms together like, you know, a Doctor Who special or something, right? But to come back in this way, all twisted and evil, and I I just thought this was a blast. Thank you. While you were watching, because obviously you've been watching it um, as it happened, like, how? what was your reaction to actually seeing him on screen? I thought that was great. It was chilling, too, you know, to see bits and pieces of Tom 1 broken up on this blob of lava. Um, but I thought it was badass. It was a cool way to, to uh, bring back Intruder. And, and you know... It, what, it makes sense, too. Right, right. And you know, you know what's really interesting, too, is, like, Tom 1 had an immersion event to leave... And, a, and it was a great one. And then yeah. now Tom one has another immersion event technically. So it's like, I guess you got, you got two immersion events. <laughs> yeah. Tom, Tom one, um, has to suffer a lot. He's like Krillin, I guess. Yeah. Well, Krillin didn't melt yeah. in like bio brawly, but yeah. <laughs> no, but, but Krillin was turned into chocolate and eaten. Uh, well, that, that's true, but that is true. That could be said for a lot of characters. <laughs> yeah, he was very hungry. But Krillin died, I think, four times throughout the yeah, whole series. Krillin did die a lot. <laughs> yeah, but he always came back. But how many times can you play a character that dies four times and ends the series alive? Yeah, that's that's pretty crazy. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I think he's protected by like the Goku shield. Like <laughs> it's like you can't have Goku without Krillin here somewhere. So yeah, he's protected by the cartoon shield. 
Yeah. It's like, ah, it's not real death. It's cartoon death. He's not death. super protected by the Goku shield, seeing as he died on Goku's watch a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Goku was pretty useless as a shield. <laughs> Gohan was a little better as a shield. Yeah. But Gohan would, Krillin would have to be beaten near death before Gohan would be motivated to get his ass in gear. But when he did, he usually saved his life. Mm-hmm. Oh, don't worry. We're going to talk about DBZ in a little bit here. <laughs> I am things, not worried. Especially some things that came up like yesterday oh, yeah? or the other day. But, but. <laughs> oh, last week with the, yeah, yeah. But um, how, how did you? What did you think of the fact that your voice was uh, kind of mashed with Steve's voice uh, as part of Tom? Because I, I think that's what the, when we were listening to it, that's Go what they did. Yeah, I think that's exactly what they did, uh, and it's. I thought it sounded pretty cool, actually. And what was was weird is that. Uh, when he took over, I mean, part of the he, reason he got that part is because he could sound like me. And he doesn't sound like me now, but he did back then. And I think, and I would have done the same thing too if I took over. I'd eventually just make it my own voice. But the first few lines he did as Tom too, I thought I recorded it. And I was like, wait a minute, I don't remember saying that. And I was like, holy shit, that's not me. That's somebody sounding like me. <laughs> But it's cool. It was cool to merge our voices like that because it was it was interesting to see where our voices have gone in the past fourteen years. Has it been fifteen years? Uh, yeah, long time. Yeah, fifteen, fifteen, pretty much fifteen, 15 years, on yeah. the dot from when the first intruder. Oh, that's right, because it's the uh huh. So it was kind of cool to see how uh, where we diverged mm-hmm. and where we stayed the same too. Yeah, because when sometimes when I would do the voice. With him, uh, it sounded very resonant, like it was almost the same person, and then it would diverge again. You know, mm-hmm. we do have different deliveries. <laughs> that, it's, yeah, it's it's very interesting how they did it. Yeah, I was very very impressed how they did that. It makes us think that maybe because I don't know if you knew, but the intruder, that intruder, apparently killed Tom Ford. <laughs> um, like it, it makes us think that maybe Tom Four's merged with Tom One, so I in don't there know. somewhere. Oh, you know what? That's probably that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it made sense. So I mean, it could also just be something that they wanted to do to make it like a cool-sounding voice effect, but yeah. Well, it would have to be Tom Four in there because why else would there be his voice in there? Because yeah. his voice didn't exist when Tom One was taken over. Yeah, and the intruder specifically was, said that he had the hardest time just straight up absorbing the toms, so they kind of integrated yeah. and became part of him. So that would right. Make sense. So it, it makes sense that he would be in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the running theory. <laughs> <laughs> we we probably think about these theories a little too much, <laughs> but. That's that's the fun. well. Hence your name. <laughs> yes, yes. And you know, since we're since we're talking about tsunami, I guess this is a good question to ask too. What what did you think when you heard that tsunami was coming back? Because 
you know, I don't think we've talked to you a little bit about that. Oh, you mean the, when it fi- when it came back? Was it two years ago or how yeah, long ago? Yeah, it was, was that? about three years. It's coming up on twelve. Yeah. Three years ago, I I was a, I was really happy um, because I think Toonami has done a lot to help promote anime in this country, and as long as there's a Toonami going on, you know, we're going to have a job at Funimation, right? <laughs> because they they've been pushing anime for many years and. I, th- I think Toonami kind of gives us a, a spokesman for the uh, industry. And um, a good question to ask you, too, is a lot of voice actors and actresses, many of them are from Funimation, actually, um, have said that Toonami yeah. actually comes Or they've back. worked there, at least. Yeah, so they already yeah. worked there. <laughs> have, have said that, you know, Toonami coming back actually uh, – re-energized the, the anime industry and it actually brought it back. Would, would you agree with that? Or uh, I would say that was part of it, sure. Um, but I think another part of it was that uh, the uh, conventions, uh, the outreaches to conventions, and we've spent a lot more time in the past decade, I know, uh, focusing on conventions as well. Um, because that's really what's going to keep it going is your fan base, wherever right. you find them. And conventions have grown so much and I have, I haven't seen a convention that doesn't grow, you know? And I heard recently that anime conventions and comic book conventions now are the highest or the fastest growing industry in this country. Wow. So, yeah, I think, I think Toonami had its place, uh, but I can't, you can't just say it was just, just because of Toonami coming back. But I do think that Toonami did give it a nice booster shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we're living yeah. in the age of Twitter and, and Instagram and things like that, where people have more access to the people who produce the shows that they love. And mm-hmm. so, you know, we're all actively on Twitter and whatever, promoting uh, all these shows. So, I think that really helps as well. It's just a good time to be producing something like this. So, one more uh, about the intruder, at least one more. Uh, I was wondering uh, what. What are your thoughts on if, or maybe you know for sure, was it really more the intruder influencing what was left of Tom 1 or Tom 1 influencing the intruder? No, I think it was the intruder uh, influencing Tom 1 because I don't think it's in Tom 1's nature to be that uh, vindictive. No. But the, no. the intruder certainly is, yeah. So the intruder's just a monster and that the just soaks up stuff. So I think... Once it took in the Tom personality, uh, it was like, okay, let me funnel this this destructive nature through that personality, and that's the way it came out. That makes sense. So that's the way I played it, anyway. <laughs> so I, I think we should move on to uh, Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> right. with, I I have to ask because you tweeted something along the lines of, "This is the coolest thing I've ever recorded." Was that yeah. the coolest thing you ever recorded? You're talking about the Ford commercial? Uh-huh. Are you talking about Toonami, the Toonami spot? No, I'm talking about the Ford commercial because this, this would have been... Uh... Yes, it was the coolest thing I ever did. And I, I've seen, I was reading a lot of the comments on YouTube, which amazing. That thing in the first week got a million views. Um, and if you look over at the side of the other Ford commercials, they don't even come close. You know, it's like, um, they, I, I don't think they even knew that it was going to do this well, but a lot of people in the comments 
um, were saying, oh, this is terrible. It's selling out and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, it's not selling out. If it was a, if it was like a, a movie or a popular TV show, like uh, like live action TV show that's already accepted in the mainstream and they did it, yeah, you could say, okay, that's selling out. But anime has never been accepted in the mainstream. It's always been something that's kind of beneath notice. And Ford would not have come to us, you know, but now Ford is coming to us wanting us to do a commercial that to me legitimizes the industry. It does. And it's not like we got a big bankroll on it either. I mean, to me, it was really just a good thing for anime. I thought it was pretty hilarious. Both of them were. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, it was fun too. But, oh, the cool thing was, is that the guy who uh, directed it, and also the people who worked with them, uh, they were in Detroit, and I was recording in Dallas, but I could hear them in my headphones. They were huge fans. You know, they were coming at this from love. Uh, they they were giggling like schoolgirls anytime I talked like Krillin. And um, the guy, the director said, "You don't know what a dream come true this is for me." So just last week, I was in a meeting with some Ford bigwigs, and I had to explain to them what the fusion dance was and why it would help in a commercial. <laughs> and he said, this, this is the greatest time of my life. Oh. <laughs> I'm, no, su- I'm, really something. I'm really surprised that they haven't shown up on TV yet. Or at least I haven't seen them. Well, I, I don't think that they expected it to get that kind of response. Or at least the big wigs export didn't. I kind of figured it would get pretty big response, but not like a million in a week. But... Yeah. Um, so I think they thought, well, we're looking to, you know, appeal to younger people and they're all on the Internet. Who, who watches TV anymore anyway? So let's put it on the Internet and just see what it does. And it did really well. I mean, they may have to reconsider putting this yeah. on TV. They should put it on Toonami. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that would be <laughs> a great put spot it on for it. The and, yeah. and the cool thing is, it's like just like that director who was a kid growing up watching Dragon Ball Z – uh, and I said this at the studio, too. I said, it's nice to know that you kids who are watching Dragon Ball Z and going to these conventions have finally grown up and got real jobs. And that's <laughs> the same case with all these Dragon Ball Z fans, you know? It's like they're adults now. They're ready to buy a car. So, of course, let's appeal to them. They grew up on this. I, When I was a kid, the biggest anime was Speed Racer. And if I saw a commercial as an adult with speed racer driving a Ford or whatever, I'd be like, Hmm, let me check it out. It makes because sense. it would have resonated with me, you know, it makes absolute sense to do that. Uh-huh. I, I, to be honest with you, I don't know why it took them so long. Um, yeah. I think what really helped was the movie last summer. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking that because it, it did so well that I, I, I don't know this for a fact, but I have a feeling cause I know how businesses work is that you've got to point to numbers before anything can get done. And if they could, they could point to that and show how many records we broke with that anime movie last summer, I think that was enough to get Ford to go, you know? Well, it's kind of, it's kind of funny because there was a couple people that were asking me that they've asked on Twitter. They've asked on our main Twitter. They're like, are these real? Did a fan make these? And I'm like, no, it's on for today's uh, YouTube page. That's official. They're like, I, I I still don't understand because I can't see it in public, and they have it's a not a fan parody. It's the no, real deal. right. 
and, and that's the thing. And that's why you, you were saying they should have done it a long time ago. It's like, I think even at this point, it's a little ahead of its time. Because when you see that, you don't think, oh, it's a commercial featuring Dragon Ball Z. You go, that can't be real. They're not going to do a commercial with anime characters on Ford. And yet, <laughs> they are. And, and, you know, like when I saw those commercials, I was sitting there going, so Ford's making DBZ commercials for Toonami? Like that, that's what I thought. That's what I initially thought because I'm sitting there going, right. That that makes sense to me because you know, uh, there's your audience right there. It's kind of an Adult Swim type thing to do. Yeah, but you know what? I think that at this point, it doesn't have to be on Adult Swim t- for them to get people get people's attention because a lot of people watched Dragon Ball Z when they were kids. They may not watch it now, but they have fond memories of it. So you could put this on channel on the network channels or whatever, and it's still going to get uh, a lot of people. A lot of people take notice of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but now it's just going to be, I believe, a YouTube commercial and stuff like that. And who's not on YouTube? I mean, everybody in this dog is on YouTube. That's true. That is true. <laughs> we should put it on the tsunami stream. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's fun. I, I'd have like to that, think you're giving a free ad. You're giving a free ad. Yeah, yeah it's exactly. true. I'd have to think that eventually you'll start seeing it pop up on your Hulu ads because that just seems like the yeah. right place to put that. But I imagine you see it all over the internet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they're going. It's they bought national rights to the commercials, so uh, it's going to probably be in every. Every place they can put it up. So obviously it's going to air during the Super Bowl. <laughs> now no. that would be cool. <laughs> that would be the coolest thing ever. Yes, it would. Yeah, I think it would be. That but they'd have nice. to pay me a little more money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because yeah. if you're good at something, never do it for free. Exactly. <laughs> Not the Super Bowl commercials you don't. No. <laughs> no. If there's anywhere that an actor can say, hey, pay me more money, it's during the Super Bowl. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. And they're not they're not gonna bat an eye about that. <laughs> so let's talk about that movie. The Dragon Ball Z movie? Yes. Uh the resurrection of mm-hmm. F, I believe. Paul, you've had some questions regarding that. Uh yeah, well, I, my first question was is how how did it feel to come back? Because Krillin really hasn't, like in the first movie with Battle of Gods coming back, he really didn't have such like yeah. a, a big role. This one, he was kind of more like a semi, like out front kind of character. What did you think about that? Yeah, he actually got to steal the show in a lot of scenes. It was kind of cool. And I think it has a lot to do with the original Krillin Seiyu, uh, because she also played Luffy in One Piece. And I have a feeling that somebody's agent went, that's all you've got for Krillin in the movie? How dare you? And then the next movie came out and they got a lot more. And not only that, uh, put the uh, theme song to One Piece on his cell phone. Yeah, it cracked me up. Because <laughs> that joke yeah. works in both countries because you're also Usopp in the Funimation. Joke. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I'm so glad I don't play uh, Luffy. That's not yeah. a good part for me. But Usopp is... Yeah, but how cool is it? Krillin gets to be the policeman. I always say that, like at conventions, I always say that Krillin 
really was doing the wrong thing by hanging out with Goku and those guys because he's yeah. so overpowered. But if he would just went like to the city like Gohan did and became a superhero, oh, like he yeah. could have been like the coolest superhero of the city, you know, uh, and everyone would worship him as a god because nobody could come close to who he is, right? So being a cop, I guess that's pretty much the same thing. Yeah. yeah. You get great moments where guys are like, how can you do that? <laughs> like, you guys just robbed the bank. <laughs> and you're talking to me about being dangerous? <laughs> it's a good scene. I like it. That was a fun scene to do. I like that you don't, you can't really tell that it's Krillin right away. And then when you finally see, oh my God, that's Krillin as a cop. It's just a great uh, reveal. Yeah. When I was watching it with a friend, I was like, you, you're never going to guess who, who they're running from. <laughs> <laughs> and, and technically, Krillin is still, like, the most powerful human on Earth, so... Yeah. He's, like, the strongest human being. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some people will argue that Tien uh, could be also, you know... Uh, first of all, Tien... If, he, is he human? He's got three eyes. But then yeah. again, Krillin has no nose, so who knows? Yeah. <laughs> it's really hard to say with Dragon Ball sometimes. Yeah. I, I don't understand that. I myself. would say, though, Krillin probably has an edge on him, though, because do you remember when he went to Namek and Guru boosted his powers? Yeah. Yeah. I think that put, I think that put him over the top. Probably. Yeah. Probably. Don't get me wrong, I do like me some Tien every once in a while, but still. Who doesn't? <laughs> yeah, at least you could we keep Cell make sure he's in his moment. place. <laughs> gotta make sure Tien's in his place. It was nice to see Tien in that movie, you know, fighting yeah. along with the other guys. <laughs> like that one-off yeah. comment, oh, I didn't bring the other yeah, guys, they they'd be too weak. Master Roshi. <laughs> yeah, Master Roshi <laughs> coming back was at the light. <laughs> Master Roshi was kicking butt. Yeah, that, I, I thought like that was like the fact that he was actually like hurting these guys. I was just like, okay, that's a throwback. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, Getting I thought that was a good move on their part too because they they have a new Frieza army, right? Right. Who may not be as tough and as, as elite as they have been in the past. So in the, under those conditions – we can really showcase how the Z fighters really are a bunch of badasses, even master Roshi. Yeah. We're just no good facing gods. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> world strongest. That's right. The world strongest, this world, not any <laughs> other world. Exactly. I also, also like the light. between Krillin and Jocko were really great too. Oh, yeah, I love that. And that's Todd Haberkorn playing Jocko. Yeah. And it just dawned yeah, on me. It's job. it's a human policeman and galactic policeman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. And they're both kind of bald, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's hard to tell. I think he has a cap on or something. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I dug his movements, though. I thought that as a character... His fighting style was really cool. It was very graceful. And it had more to do with intelligence than strength half the time. Mm-hmm. Jocko, that is. Krillin just fights. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Krillin just fights until he gets knocked out. Right. Exactly. Until he hits a wall. 
And Gohan's Literally. like, oh, let me help you out there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I like that vaguely reminiscent of uh, Star Wars speeder scene <laughs> in the trees. <laughs> That's, That's what I thought, movie. too. Yeah, it did I'm look sure like that. A lot of people thought that. <laughs> yeah. Certainly not above anime to make references as such. <laughs> oh, no. I, I've worked on several shows that makes a lot of references to Star Wars. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> so, as long as we're talking about Dragon Ball, how yes. how badly do you guys want to do Super? Very badly. <laughs> super badly? I want them to... I want them to come to terms and let us get started on it. What, what did you? Super I don't know. Super badly, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you if you've heard this news, and actually we were the ones that broke this. But um, there's a tsunami in Asia. It's actually called Tsunami Asia. Um, wow. Ha- has no toms, but they were able to acquire the the rights to do the English dub first. What do you think about that? What? So they're going to do an English version, their own English version. We don't know. We we assume. are they going to get our version first? I, I don't know. I assume that maybe you guys might get contacted. I'm hoping you guys get contacted and they do it that way because they play Dragon Ball Z Kai, so it would sound and it's a little the Funimation bad. dub, right? It'd be oh, really they already odd play to... our Kai. Yeah, they they do. And uh, they actually play Kai and Z in separate airings, which is interesting. Well, it would certainly be weird if they got another cast. Yeah, it, it, it would be. But uh, uh, English, Asian, Dragon Ball dubs are not terribly uncommon. <laughs> well, I know that um, when they did the premiere of the Dragon Ball Z movie last summer, uh, they did a premiere in California of the Japanese version. Right. And... They had Sean Schimmel and Chris uh, Sabat there uh, with the uh, Japanese uh, voice actors. And the, the uh, executives from Toyer were telling uh, Sean that, you know, we just want you to know that you are the English uh, Goku to us. Wow. So hmm. so maybe that maybe they, they have some pool. I don't know, but they would I would certainly I would certainly like to see us in other countries. We are in all the English speaking speaking countries and some countries that English isn't the first language. So it'd be great to be on all the Asian countries as well. Okay. So if, if I can get an official word from you, cause you do work at Funimation, you guys don't have, you don't have, you're not recording super then right now. Um, not that I know of. <laughs> okay. I don't think he could tell you even if he was true. <laughs> That's true. That's true. If I, even if I knew, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> but yeah, it doesn't sound like that's that's happening yet, and it's you know it's it's really a wasted opportunity. It, it feels to to not be yeah. striking while well, the iron's hot on that one. I don't think it should be something to sound discouraging. It takes a long time for these things sometimes to get approved. Right. Yeah, and it, so it, it might just be a matter of the. It just hasn't been all the you know the contract details haven't been ironed out, or it could be that uh, they're thinking of somebody else. You know who knows? Because this but is certainly a, is a totally different beast from most of the shows coming out of Japan that Funimation's being able to do broadcast dubs of or or getting out really yeah, fast. You don't, you don't know how long that they negotiated with them before that happened, though. 
Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm sure that they you know, were. They could have they been in negotiations for a year or two before this finally got approved. Um, it's, I will say this. It's a lot faster these days than it used to be. In the old days, it would, it would take a long time to get negotiations. But part of the reason is, is because, you know, they didn't know us as well and we didn't know them as well. Now we have, you know, a 17-year um, relationship with Japan. So it's a lot easier for Funimation to get uh, things approved. Yeah. And quicker. I mean, who would have thought broadcast dubs would ever be a thing even just five years ago? Yeah, absolutely. That we would be putting out shows like a week after they put them out, sometimes at the same time. That's pretty insane. <laughs> yeah. Beyond your wildest Dragon Ball wishes. <laughs> well, also, the internet is a lot easier to manipulate these days, too. So that I think that helps as well. You don't have to make a trip to Japan to get a, a good meeting going. Sometimes they still got to do that, though. <laughs> uh, that, I think they always have to. <laughs> but at the same time, there there are a lot of mini meetings that I think in the past they would have had to schedule a bunch of flights back and forth, and then now they can take care of over the internet. That's certainly a. But yeah, the big shake, the big shaking of the hands meetings. Yeah, you got to be present for those. And, and uh, from what I what I've heard about Japanese culture, once there's a handshake, it's it's a deal. Well, that's good. We have the same rule here. <laughs> I would hope. <laughs> I would hope. Yeah. But yeah, I know. Well, well, we're not lawyers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know if that's legally binding. That yeah. touching of skin. That's true. That's true. <laughs> that fist bump was definitely a legally binding contract. I was just saying hello. I didn't realize we were signing shit. <laughs> well, now you own this nice lakefront property. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It's a timeshare. You say interesting. <laughs> Yes, with 10 other people. <laughs> All from Japan. And somehow you have the largest bill. Here I thought I was just getting Sergeant Frog, and now I got this. Oh, now you're making me wish there was more Sergeant Frog dubbed. <laughs> <laughs> Which is something I have definitely talked about with Joel McDonald. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he loves him, that Sergeant Frog. We all wish for more Sergeant Frog. Actually, we wish for more of anything that does well. <laughs> Sergeant Frog definitely did well for us. Oh, that's, that's good to hear. So speaking of broadcast dubs, uh, you have been doing Assassination Classroom this year as Koro Sensei. Oh yeah, that was a blast. And we, I heard we just got the uh, second season approved recently too. Yeah, that, I think they just that announced that announced. maybe last week. Yeah. yeah, I love that character. It's so cool, too, because I, I teach voice acting classes, and I started just le this year. And turned out I, I started teaching, like, the week before I started acting as a teacher. <laughs> and my students, my voice acting students are trying to kill me. No, I don't know if that, that's true. I can't confirm that. <laughs> Maybe some of them. <laughs> some of them are. I know they want to take my place. <laughs> <laughs> well, since you, since you said you were teaching... Um, was there any mm -hmm. any of them in your class that were like, oh my god, you did Krillin, or oh my god, you did Usab, or you did Tom on Toonami? I, I would say only 90%. What's wrong with the other 10%? Selling point. I, yeah, I, I think they were theater people that just sort of stumbled oh. in. What's this? <laughs> What's this? Uh, 
voice acting. <laughs> I'm pretty Never. sure that most of them were anime fans um, that wanted to be in the industry. And that's really cool too to me that it, it's an industry because I remember when it wasn't. I just remember I remember when we were just making a show and I thought that this is a fad that was going to end in about two years and it'll be, it'll be cool. We're on TV right now. Write it. Enjoy it while it's happening. But this is not going to last. I was wrong. It's good to be wrong. This has lasted a long time. It probably lasts a long more, a lot more time than this. I know at least recently, I don't know how recently you started doing some directing, but mm-hmm. uh, I've noticed that you've been credited as director on at least some of these broadcast dubs. Yeah, I directed, ooh, I want to say uh, about 12 years ago, and I directed for four years. And then I got a comic book story published at Tokyo Pop. So I stopped directing because there's no way you can work on a graphic novel for a year and also direct at the same time. So I still acted at Funimation and occasionally I'd write scripts for them, but uh, there was no way I could direct. And recently they started doing these broadcast dubs and asked me if I would like to come back and direct again. And I, I, I am still working in comics, but I'm only coloring a, a series for uh, Dark Horse uh, mm. called ElfQuest which I actually drew back in 2001. So I had time to, to direct as well. So I said, sure, let's do it. And they told me all about these new broadcast dubs they had coming up and it sounded fun to me. So it's been a blast this year. How does the turnaround feel for doing all of the dubbing process on the broadcast dub feel compared to say the usual process? Well, it sounds stressful because you know, we have to turn it around in a week. But yeah. that's what we used to do anyway. I mean, that we always it always takes about a week to do an episode. It's just that you got to make sure everybody shows up. You know, uh, there are some things we can't do as well. We can't use people who live out of town anymore um, because uh, it, it, we can't rely on them being there on a weekly basis. Mm. But so we're using a lot of local talent. But a huge part of our talent pool is local anyway. So it's kind of cool. Also, I would find myself looking at actors. I mean, most actors have a pretty wide range, but they tend to get typecast. But because of this, you have to look at the local actors and go, well, what else can they do? And so it's cool to see actors going beyond their typecasting, you know, which was what tend to ha- tends to happen. That's good. So that's the only that's the only major difference, because. Really, as long as nobody gets sick, <laughs> everything's fine. Uh, mm. That being said, people have gotten sick, but luckily the producers put in a couple of days of cushion time. Uh, so if somebody can't make it that day, we can get them in at the last minute. Because we've talked to some of the people that worked on Space Dandy, and they were saying they needed like a week to bust out a script when they used to have at least a bit more time than that. Like actually days to bust out a script. When they used to have a week. Or oh, you mean the like script that. writers? Yeah. Yeah, it's a little different on the script. But even then, I used to write scripts for Funimation. It never took more than a week to do a script. Yeah. Um, they may they may have had, had it easy for a while. But if you're really working at it full time, you're talking uh, 10 to 20 hours. Well, it must so, be manageable because they keep adding more and more broadcast tubs. And it's cool, too. I mean, it's it, to, to me, it's worth it. It's a little more stressful, I think, for some people 
to do this, like I said, like you said, the writers, it might be a lot more stressful getting these out in time. But I think the end result is worth it because we have a chance now to be right there at the beginning when the fans are hearing this, right? And it also helps against piracy because piracy happens because the original has been released for months and people are going to find a way to see it. But if it comes out the same time, it's kind of hard to have a pirate take over, you know? Because the only reason you want piracy is because you want the people want to see it before everybody else. There's a problem a lot of people have, and, and as is everybody, when you hear something for the first time and you enjoy it, then you can't hear it any other way. It's like mm-hmm. it has to be that. Uh, so if you hear the Japanese version first, you're going to be sold on that actor. No, no, and no matter who comes along, you go, well, it's not this actor that I already love. But if they come out at the same time, then you're like, oh, he does that good and he does that good, you know? Yeah, it, it levels the playing field, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. It does make a huge difference if you hear something one way for a long, long time and then you hear it with a different voice. It's it's jarring no matter how good the other person is. Kind of like when DBZ switched voice casts way back when from the Canadian. Oh, yeah. Canadian and boy, cast. did we get the hate mail. I sure, I'm sure you two did. <laughs> uh, and it's funny because a lot of people don't even remember that, you know, they just think uh, that we've been doing this forever. But yeah, for the first couple of years, it was, we had to fight the fact that everybody already had these voices in their heads. Mm. Did you get the hate mail when Funimation took over One Piece? No, it went the other direction with that. I'm sure it because did, that, but... Well, that was a case where people really, they didn't like the show, you know. When we took over Dragon Ball Z, people liked Dragon Ball Z. But they didn't like the way One Piece had been handled. And uh, they didn't like the way it was handled in Japan either. As a matter of fact, when when we had to audition for One Piece, uh, we were told that we had to take the top five voice actors from the auditions for every character and send those recordings to Japan. And Oda and Oda's crew got to decide who was going to be the English cast. So actually, we were cast by the Japanese. That's never happened before. That's the one part. Usopp is the one part I say, if you don't like the way I do it, you're really hard to please. Because the guy who created the series says, that's what I hear in my head. So it might not be what you're hearing in your head, but you're wrong. (laughs) And, you know, they could be wrong. That's all right. <laughs> it's all right to be wrong, but think about how wrong you are. <laughs> Since we got it on the topic of One Piece, which is my favorite show, I, I really appreciate your, uh, your, your work as Usopp, especially the Soga King stuff. It's super, super great. Oh, the wind carries my name. Oh, that was so cool to be able to do that. And I knew about this Soga King song like five years before it happened. And so when I finally got to do it, I was like, yes, finally. And I was uh, I was kind of disappointed that they decided to go with Sniper King instead of Soga King because I'd been talking about it for years at conventions and stuff. And we all knew it was the Soga King. But I think it was the Japanese that finally decided that, no, you're going to you got to say Sniper King because that's the translation. I'm like, yeah, OK, Sniper King is a cool name. And Sniper Snipe King Rivals is a cool name. It's also a cool name. And it's in your yeah. heart. <laughs> That's right. 
We've uh, enjoyed One Piece on Toonami since May 2013. I mean, it was the day before, but uh, it came back May 2013. And Usopp has had a lot of shining moments since that time. You know, you had the great Luffy versus Usopp. You had all the oh, Sniper so King cool. moments. Uh, mm-hmm. It's been it's been a it's been a blast. And I tell you though, my favorite moment um, happened when uh, Usopp got robbed and they beat him up. And there was this moment where he, you know, it's just so he's angry and he's crying all at the same time. His humiliation and anger is just taking over him. And because he realizes, you know, he's the weak one, right, of the group. And so while I was recording that, I, I realized that I was actually crying. Actually, tears were coming down my face. And I was like, wow, that has never happened to me recording a character. I mean, I usually feel what the characters are feeling, but I never felt it as profoundly as I did in that moment. And mm-hmm. I said, OK, you are my favorite character now. You actually moved me to tears. That's beautiful. Along those lines, I'm very curious. Did you tear up at Mary's funeral scene when you recorded it? Yes. Gets me every and... time. <laughs> it's a boat, doggone it. <laughs> I have emotional attachment to a boat. <laughs> but think about how much work he put in to keep that damn boat afloat. Yeah. You know? He was not a shipwright. He knew nothing about this. He had to learn as he went along. And so it was really kind of the thing that made him a man. You know, it gave him a real purpose in life. And putting that and also being a great sniper as well. But but the the love he and care he put into keeping that the Mary afloat, uh, I think that that was a profound uh, um, change in his life came from doing that. Um so, yeah, of course, it's going to affect him greatly. I love One Piece, I, I, I got to say. That's that's my kind of cartoon. I like I like shows that are wacky like that, but still have a lot of heart. Hmm. And uh, that's One Piece in spades. Absolutely. Well, Paul, I know you, you had a couple of questions from the peanut gallery. And I think we should probably <laughs> get to them. <laughs> the peanut gallery. <laughs> well, we'll Hello, start... peanut gallery. <laughs> we'll start with Arthur Mesa, because... He's a huge fan of the podcast, so uh, I'll ask the first part of this question because we kind of – well, I guess I can ask, ask, ask this whole question. Uh, did you get a chance to talk with Steve, and was what was it like working with him on Intruder 2? Never got a chance to talk to him. We have tweeted back and forth to each other, and we've sent messages, messages um, through Facebook, but I never spoke to him. And I, I really hope that some convention out there gets smart and brings us both out there at the same time just so I can hang out with him and smoke cigars with him. But uh, <laughs> he did do something. Before this happened, uh, a couple of years ago, I got a package at Funimation uh, in care of Sunny Strait, and it was a stack of postcards that had the original Toonami promotion. It was promotional postcards, and they were very rare. And... They had given them to Steve, and Steve said, well, that's not me. That's Sonny. I'm going to send those to Sonny. So he sent them to me with a nice little letter saying here, I mean, I, they gave them to me, but I didn't think it was right because you are the original Tom, and and so here's these cards. And I said, oh, that's nice. And he said they're very rare, so they're worth something. And I, I like to take them to conventions and give them to auctions and stuff like that, charity auctions and stuff. But uh, I thought that was really cool. 
No, that is it. I, mean, I don't think we've ever heard that before. That's a... Steve's a stand-up guy. Yes, he is. Yeah, he is. All right, let's move on to the next question. This comes from Connor uh, Lehman. And uh, he says, hello, Sonny. You've done, a hello. Spectac- <laughs> You've done a spectacular job as Kiro Sensei. I was wondering if there is any difference in your approach to a role when you know the character you will be playing isn't human. Yeah, I, I do try to, to be whatever it is. And maybe that comes from my puppeteer training. I, I used to have my own puppet troupe, and those aren't human either. Um, and like a lot of people say, you know, uh, they talk about the funny voices I do. And to me, they're not funny voices. They're what I think a creature like that would sound like or a person who looks like that would, would talk like. Like Krillin is a little person, right? Mm-hmm. But he also doesn't have a nose. So I give him like a little person voice with uh, a bit of a stuffed up nose kind of sound, you know? Because that to me is what somebody who looks like that would sound like. Usopp, on the other hand, has a very expressive mouth and he talks very loudly. So it's kind of like Krillin with a hitch in his voice. Whereas Coral Sensei, he's very smooth talking, but he's also very crazy. And you can see how fluid he is. I mean, um, I, I tend to do, I'm one of those actors that I am doing whatever the characters on the screen are doing. I know some people can sit down and, and just do the same, a great performance, but I can't do that. I have to be mimicking exactly what they're doing. And I kind of imagine, like with Coral Sensei, I imagine that I have a big round head like that and tentacles. And you'll see my hands moving around like tentacles as I'm recording. So yeah, I, 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 there is a different approach to it because it's it's a different looking creature. But I always try to project, uh, and actually, it's not projecting. It's more like allowing yourself to be possessed by the uh, creature on the screen. Mm-hmm. And I got one final question because we kind of answered all the the rest of the questions that were asked. Um, but uh, I right. think this, this I think this is going to be a funny one, and it's from Allison. I don't need to go any farther, Sketch. You know who that is. I do, but he doesn't. <laughs> so this is what she asked. So Krillin, Usab, Kuro-sensei, and the intruder from Intruder 2 walk into a bar. How would their conversation go? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, hey, dude, that is one long nose you got there. Well, it's better than you two guys. You don't have noses at all. Uh, wait, who was the other character? We had Krillin, Usopp, and the intruder. Sensei and the intruder. An intruder, and the intruder would say, "Get out of my way! I have a Tom to destroy." Not a very good uh, outing. I wouldn't include Tom uh, <laughs> because no Tom Truder the, there. No, I think the other three could get along. I don't think Tom Truder can get along with it's anyone just a but Shonen himself. Jump reunion. <laughs> <laughs> that would work. <laughs> it is a Shonen Jump reunion. No, Tom, what are you doing in here? <laughs> Eating ramen, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> and, you know, pretty much any of those protagonists, they're they are eating. That's what they do. Eating is, is what they do. And do not interrupt them. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Goku is an eater. Naruto is an eater. Uh, Kuro-sensei is an eater. Krillin and Usopp, I mean, Usopp is an eater, you know, but he can't, you know, match Luffy. No. <laughs> Luffy eats while he think... sleeps. Yeah, Krillin's not much of an eater, but then he's not the protagonist. Yeah. He is definitely supporting cast. But that, that what, that's what allows him to have so many different levels. Well, yeah, I mean, he's in uh, it's the hero's journey. You always have to have the, 
the the hero's companion or best friend uh, in order to um, balance out his humanity. You know, mm. I mean, Krillin is definitely our vehicle as an audience into the show. You know, we we can relate to the show through him because even though we don't like to admit it, if we were in that same situation, we'd be scared shitless. Oh, <laughs> I really felt like Jocko in that movie was like the audience surrogate in there being like, you guys are insane. And interesting that when that happened, and you're right, when they had another character be the vehicle for the audience, Krillin became more of a badass. Yeah. Yeah. And Jocko was like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> but also it was, he was the, it was like, especially for people, it was a good vehicle because a lot of people, you know, maybe seen this movie and didn't know anything about Dragon Ball Z. Like my mother, when I took her to see it. Um, but Jocko, he was there sort of to explain to people what had happened before so that they wouldn't be lost in the upcoming scenes. That makes sense. So stupid random question. Koro Sensei fighting Krillin. Who's going to win? Hmm. I don't know. I mean, how fast is Mach 20? Um, because Krillin can move really fast, you know? I mean, he yeah. moves so fast he vanishes and appears somewhere else. And yeah. I don't know if that if that speed is Mach 20 or what. But uh, I don't know. It would be interesting to see the fight between those two. Yeah, actual stats in Dragon Ball are few and far between. <laughs> <laughs> but I do know this. Krillin would have a really hard time blowing up the moon. Uh, he'd yeah. have a hard time going into outer space. That's that too. But let's assume he could breathe in space. I don't think Krillin could go from, like, Japan to America that fast. I don't. Oh, I think he could. Yeah? Because it always seems yeah, like it takes a long time for them to get anywhere in Dragon Ball Z. Sometimes it does, and it's, sometimes he's there in an instant. I wonder if it's a, a matter of reserving power, you know? Oh, that's true. But I think... He really had to bust... Yeah. Because he's gotten, like, all the way but around... But I've seen slice mountaintops off with his Destructo disc. So I think that, given enough buildup, he probably could do some damage to the moon. Possibly. I don't know that he'd have the patience, though, to be a teacher. <laughs> Although he... <laughs> yeah, died, but, he but there again... He was Gohan's teacher for a while. Yeah, true. There again, the moon's not there for him to destroy, so... Right. <laughs> Piccolo took care of that. That's right. Let's go moon destroyer against moon destroyer, and yeah. Piccolo against Koro Sensei. I think that would definitely be a good fight. Yeah, and they're both weird looking, so it'd be interesting. Yeah, and they can both grow back their limbs and all that. Yeah, I think it's funny, though, like, um, like somebody had said... Uh, Darth Vader, I mean, no, it was uh, Yoda against Krillin, and who would win again in that? And I said, I think that if you could possibly make that work, Krillin would win against Yoda because Yoda does manipulate the force, but it requires a lot more effort, it seems, than what Krillin can do with the uh, the key that he absorbs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. But I, I just think that I think that the universe of Dragon Ball Z is one that has more readily access accessible power sources, um, whereas the Force is a little bit harder and takes a lot more training and to get less results. Yeah, I would I would say so. But I think we can uh, yeah. wrap it up then. Unless All you right, have well, I want people to know that they can watch to get other broadcast dubs. They need to subscribe to Funimation.com. 
please uh, check me out on Twitter. I'm at the at Sunny Straight. And um, thanks for having me on. This is great. Thanks for being on. It has been a delight. Well, have me on anytime, guys. Thank you so much, Sonny. Thanks, Sonny. Yeah, have a great evening, guys. You too. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, Wind carries my name From Sniper Island far away When I take aim, it's straight out true whether you're a man or a mouse, you're gone. I will put your heart in my sights. It's no one knows what secrets hide behind this mask and marquee. And we're back. Pretty much done with the show now, but uh, I wanted to address something that came along in the miscellaneous emails. Uh, This from Dragonzord1993, regular contributor to the email. Please correct me if I'm wrong here, but I remember correctly earlier this year, but if I remember correctly earlier this year, you guys have said that you would start releasing episodes every Saturday. However, lately, the episodes haven't been uploaded until two or three days after Toonami has aired. To put this into perspective, by the time you've uploaded the episode where you discuss Intruder 2, Episode 6, Intruder 2, Episode 7 will have already aired. I understand that you have personal lives that can get in the way of the upload schedule, but it's annoying when we, or at least I, I don't know if this is an issue for anyone else, have to wait until Monday or Tuesday to hear you talk about the Night of Toonami that aired the week before. If uploading on Saturday isn't working, I would like to suggest going back to the former schedule of uploading this episode as soon as it is prepped and up and ready to be uploaded. I apologize if this email comes off as whiny, as I am still very much enjoying the podcast and don't wish to come off as an annoying troll. Thank you for responding, and by the way, since you've been mentioning this show as a possibility for Toonami, I would like to say this, and I apologize if I have already said it in a previous email, After watching the entire first season, I wholeheartedly agree that JoJo's Bizarre Adventure should air on Toonami. Dang right it should, but it probably won't. (laughs) No, probably won't. You make me sad, Warner Brothers. You make me very, very sad. (laughs) Yeah, so, about this. I have been swamped lately, and at other times, I have just been lazy, I have to admit. So, what I did this week, like I did... For the second segment of uh, Intruder 2's recap, I decided to post the Intruder recap before Toonami aired because that's really the most important thing to get out before the next Toonami because it was just a DBZ marathon. Nobody had to worry about catching up on the uh, most recent episode of Akami and Parasite or anything else on Toonami, really. But in the new year, we will strive to release the episode much much sooner possibly before saturday i mean hopefully before saturday now i want you to understand something i do post the episode as soon as it is done i don't hold on to it to post later that doesn't make any sense to me to be honest so bear in mind if the episode isn't up 
when I say it was originally going to be up, it's because it's not done yet. And I realize that can be frustrating, but that's just the way it is. <laughs> and we will look for ways to make sure that that's not as much of a problem, regardless of what my work schedule may be. We uh, are considering bringing in more editors. Jim will be a lot more available to pick up the slack when I can't. Yep. So hopefully, I would say our New Year's resolution is to release the podcast in a timely manner. And stick to that. Yes. And as all New Year's resolutions go, it will probably be true for about a month, and then it will fall by the wayside. But we will strive for that not to happen. Realistically, what I'd like to see is to see it either Wednesday or Thursday because of where pre-flight is now, but we'll see if that happens. Yeah, the whole point of moving it to several days after pre-flight was because pre-flight was in the middle of the week. Now that pre-flight is on Friday, and also Toonami Show Rundown tends to post on Friday or Saturday, we want to post on a different day. The problem is, we, when we record, and then I can't get it out that very same night, I'm probably not going to get a chance to work on it for several days, even. This most recent week, I posted whatever episode it was, like on Tuesday, because I was so swamped, and then I didn't have any time to work on the other episode until after my work week was over. And that would explain why, as of this recording, it is not up yet, but it will be. So, yeah, sorry about that. Uh, realize that it's very important to release it in a, a timely manner. And we don't like to be behind on the news either. So, we always make sure to get that stuff out as soon as possible on the social media, on the website what have you, but it's just the nature that when we record the podcast on a Monday and then stuff happens between then and when we record next, we're probably not going to cover it unless we do an emergency recording, which we don't do for most things. We because it's can. really not that important. No. Oftentimes we can't. So. Yeah. Trying to wrangle everybody together on days other than Sunday or Monday is really difficult. So... That's the story with that. Now, we hope that you enjoy listening to the podcast, regardless of how late it is. But uh, it is what it is for now. We hope to make it up to you in the coming weeks. And in the future, release the podcast consistently on probably either Tuesday or Wednesday, if we can manage it. And that's what I have to say about that. Normally, what happens is uh, if Sketch is either having troubles, is unavailable, or whatever i usually edit unfortunately i have been completely unavailable because unlike this time last year where i was guaranteed to be working seven to two every day or seven to three something like that um i'm working all hours <laughs> so yeah, yeah i hear so you man i haven't been able to uh, uh edit as well and it's kind of i feel bad because i've always pinch hit for sketch when necessary but now that i can't <laughs> yeah and i completely understand that jim and i don't hold it against you at all Mm -hmm. Don't be surprised if I edit some stuff. Oh, that'll be the day. <laughs> well, let's just say that when Chris comes over, he will be showing me stuff in Audacity. Well, that's good. Let's let's finally let's finally get that ball rolling. Anyway, it's time to get out of here. Yes. So let's get this out of the way. Again, just like 
just like Dragonzor did, you can email us at podcast.tunamifaithful.com. Uh, any feedback that you have about the podcast, any talkbacks, anything related to the podcast, please email us there. Again, it is podcast at tunamifaithful.com. You can rate and review the podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. You can um, follow us on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash podcast. You can follow us there, and we would love for you guys to follow us there. You can listen to all of our episodes there from episode one all the way up to this one, which is episode 180, including our exclusives, of course. You can comment on each podcast, which we've been seeing a little bit more of you guys doing, which I am so grateful for because we would love to see feedback there as well. And if you can't download it on anything, you can download it there. So, again, that's soundcloud.com slash Podcast. Follow us on Facebook, which a lot more people are doing because we're over 1,100 likes now. Facebook.com slash Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Tsunami Podcast. And as always, you can tumble with us on Tumblr. It's TsunamiFaithfulOfficial.tumblr.com. And you can visit us to, to listen to all the other episodes pretty much in order, including the exclusives, podcast.tunamifaithful.com. And last but not least, if you guys can help us out, we have what's called a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Podcast. Hopefully in the first in, – in the new year we can come up with some – other things to give you guys for prizes as to you donating because it is a monthly subscription, but we'll see what we can do. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what we can do, but we're gonna, I'm gonna look into seeing what, if we can do some other stuff. So again, that's Patreon.com/slash/NamiFaithfulPodcast. So let's get out of here. Unfortunately, Jen had to leave, so due to a family emergency. Yeah, so, so she is no longer present. So we'll start with you, Jim. Or actually, we'll start with you, Caboose. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I forget. I almost forgot that you were here. Yeah. So, where, where, where can they find you? Everyone forgets what? about me. I'm always that guy in the corner in the shadows, you know, doing my own thing. That's me in the corner. <laughs> what are you doing in the corner in the shadows? Talking to you guys, of course. All right, let's get the show on the road. <laughs> uh, you guys can reach me at uh, Caboose Jr. on my YouTube, Twitter, uh, Tumblr, Ask.fm. Uh, my Mixcloud, I guess. I don't know if you can. There's much uh, s- social interaction on that, but I mean, started doing more mixes lately, and hopefully, I can get them up. But uh, yeah, <laughs> please give me attention. <laughs> he has an attention deficit. Yes. Well, Jim, where can they find you, sir? You can find me at ZeroAlucard27 on Twitter. You can also find me at the same name on Twitch where I have game streams. I've been so busy I haven't been able to do game streams recently, but uh, that will restart again during the new year. And uh, you can also find me on the PlayStation Network at Baystar underscore boy. That's it. Sketch, where can they find you? You can find me at Sketch1984 on Twitter, sketch1984.tumblr.com. You can ask me questions on ask.fm backslash sketch1984. And if you have any questions or comments for the podcast, you can direct those to sketch at tunamifaithful.com or podcast at tunamifaithful.com. And Paul, where can they find you? Of course, you can find me on Twitter at Paul Pascrillo. You can find me on Instagram, instagram.com slash paulpascrillo. 
And uh, you can ask me questions, ask.fm slash paulpscrillo. I will be doing some things over the holiday as well. Um, one thing I want you guys to do that we've been doing a lot more stuff with is, uh, if you remember, geekyinc.com, we have done a lot more stuff there. We have reviews up. We have more near-core music. We have other stuff up there. I'd like you guys to uh, check it out. Uh, we actually have an interview that me and Darrell just did with uh, the founders of Tuskegee Airs. Did I pronounce that right? I hope I did. And it, it's a good interview. You guys should check it out. It's Geeky Inc. G-E-E-K-E-I-N-C.com. Check out the interview there. Check out all the other stuff that we have, including a review on Star Wars. So check all that out as well. That's it for this week's podcast. Thank you guys for listening each and every week and continuing to listen because we do this for you and it wouldn't be without you guys that we would do this. So thank you for listening to the Nami Faithful Podcast. But that's it for this week. Peace. We're out. Deuces. I'm out, Scout. What? <laughs> <laughs> I said I'm out, Girl Scout. Oh, man.